Hey everybody, welcome to Fighting Films. Tonight, all three of your hosts have gotten ass implants so we can look just like Jason Biggs. This is a <laughs> podcast for three friends, <laughs> for three friends, yes, where the three of us put two films against one another that are similar to us in some way. Maybe they have very similar plots, maybe they share directors and themes, maybe are they're, they're an adaptation of a famous novel, or maybe there's just some personal reason for one of us or all of us. Either way, the discussion will be fun, so let's get those films fighting. So, uh, guys, um, this is going to be great. You know, uh, any movie where someone's masturbation privileges need to get taken away um, is always a good thing to talk about, right? Indeed. Especially where it's Jason Biggs. Why is Jason Biggs constantly in films getting, like, really, really horrible sexual things happening to him? <laughs> like, who, who picked, like, he was like the Jerry Lewis of, like, sexual pain. In like the late 90s, early 2000s. Because he auditioned for it. I guess so. Yes. You ever seen Jane Silent Bob's Strength Bag? Yes. You're the pie mm -hmm. fucker. I'm never going to be able to live that down. No. no you Dude, won't. you put your dick in a pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard all three of us, but I'm, I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris. And uh, with me tonight is... Stefan, I'm the show creator, stat person, fun fact generator, and critical aggregate. Awesome. And also? Uh, I am Jess, and I do patron, uh, social media. Uh, I want to do this all again. Hi, That's I'm fine. Jess. Hi, I'm Jess. I do the social media part. I have been dubbed the guru here on the show. Um, I handle Patreon, Facebook, Twitter um instagram and gmail so if you reach out on one of those you're talking to me awesome and you know in the late 90s and early 2000s someone was all the hotness and it's the awkward you know wormy white guy in you know these late 90s early 2000s sexual teen comedies and that was jason biggs stefan tell us which two movies starring jason biggs we're talking about today we're doing Loser and Saving Silverman. Awesome. Oh, man. And I had never seen Loser, and I had never seen the R-rated cut of Saving Silverman. So those are what we're talking about uh, today, folks. And, you know, outside of having Jason Biggs, which is a big part of it, guys, how, how are these similar? I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're both released one year apart, 2000 and 2001. And they, holy crap, do they feel early 2000s oh god yeah <laughs> yes they do uh yes. they have similar soundtracks um they both star jason biggs in some sort of odd romance situation and he has really fucked up friends in them yeah yeah it, 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 uh, i would was... put friends in quote quotations <laughs> Big time quotation. Yeah, especially in the first one. Oh, God, well, that second one too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. It's 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 really funny that the second one doesn't end with jail time for everybody, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's really interesting, you know. And again, looking back on these, Jason Biggs is actually a really good actor. That's the thing that I think I had forgotten was that he's actually good at this. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I, I don't think um you know since he was just kind of in everything I don't think people gave him the credit necessarily back then because of how similar the 
the films, not necessarily his roles, but the films all ended up being that kind of, you know, well, it's a PG-13, but maybe we can push it a little bit harder and get it into R-rated territory to, so, you, so you'll buy the DVD and get our, you know, scene where Jason Biggs says fuck three more times, you know, or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. I think he got, you know, kind of pigeonholed to play the, you know, lowly uh, romantic, you know, partner to some hot woman or some you know cute girl and you know he's you know the sensitive dorky guy that's true yeah yeah i i do like that in in these two movies they kind of gave him a different backstory for that you know they don't do a ton with it other than he wears a funny hat <laughs> in loser but you know the coming from a small town and going to new york thing is you know a different thing i, I think that might explain why he's superhumanly strong when he gets into a fist fight at one point. But, um, you know, hey, mm-hmm. he can be strong and nice. That is true. That is true. It's just absolutely. You know, it's a movie trope that they don't usually do. Right. The wormy guy yeah. is usually the run and doesn't fight, you know, type of character. So, yeah, it's really we'll, interesting. we'll we'll get to it in the words of wine and crime. Oh, hell yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to mention, um, also that he was on, you know, the first one and a half seasons of Orange is the New Black and, Mm -hmm. you know, he was no longer in high school, but he was still kind of the sensitive romantic opposite that got, you know, his heart stepped on and kicked. I actually stopped watching the show uh, when he left around that time. Yeah. Mm. I didn't keep watching it. I have yet to finish the last season. Mm. I forget how much of it I watched. How many seasons is it up to? Six? Five or six, I think. I thought it was seven. Maybe it was I, seven. I, I think I watched four of them. But I got I loved I loved when Jason Biggs showed up on that show. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, um, movie number one, which like we said came out a year prior to the second one, is Loser. So Jess, take it away. Yeah, um, so my movie is Loser, and uh, this was actually introduced to me um, in my early 20s by my ex-fiancé, and just, uh, I thought it was a really, you know, interesting movie. It's not the best movie ever, but, you know, it's it's decent, you know? Um, So, on my list of notes here, as I do... um, we did watch it on DVD here at my lovely theater in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing I have to mention is the DVD popped up the question of widescreen or full screen. Oh, my Boy, do I miss mm-hmm. that. Right. Oh, my word. I miss full screen. Preach it. Preach it. My, um... One of my friends, we, <laughs> my friend from high school, Bob, I think I've mentioned him before on here. Uh, we had kind of an ongoing joke where, like, I was so enthusiastic about full screen. I'd be like, full screen, guys, full screen. And they, like, you know, would, re- would repeat that, like, sometimes. <laughs> this is a really, really funny conversation because I... I think the world has learned the world of like film fans um, has learned to 
be way less gatekeepery and way less, oh, you have to watch it a certain way or do it a certain way. But if you had found me from my blockbuster days in a conversation with someone in my age group saying that they liked full screen, I would have had like a soapbox moment because we used mm. to have to like – I would explain to customers, no, there's nothing wrong with your TV. Yes, the black <laughs> bars are normal. Yeah. Yes, that's the way the movie was originally intended. Mm-hmm. And and to me, full screen was made for them. But then thinking back on it, it's like, no, I kind of like when my movie fills up a full yeah. <laughs> screen when I'm watching it. It's a weird like – you know, a movie like Lord of the Rings, I think, in full screen looks like garbage because of all the pan and scan. But, you know, for the most part, it's like, what were we complaining about so much? Well, yeah. you had to see the extra six inches on either side of the screen, and you had to have the black bars on the top and the bottom. You had to, or it wasn't yeah. right, and you, weren't, you mm-hmm. were not a film fan. Yeah. And it's funny because I've heard some people claim if you don't watch a full screen version of certain movies – you're not watching the whole movie. Funny enough, one of those movies was Showgirls. <laughs> no, there are, there are some because of the aspect ratio they were shot in. Yeah, they actually had yeah. to add the black bars to give it a widescreen version. Mm. I have heard of that. A lot of animation, they had to do that because animation was in 4 by 3 Almost it. all, actually, which is... Hmm. But yeah, no, th- that's just a really interesting point. Sorry to uh, Sorry to derail there, but... No, it's all yeah. good. I no, it's, it's the reason I marked it down. Cause... So good. Do you remember the discs that were double sided? Yes. No. Did you ever? So yes, they were double. I have a couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, and then like it would confuse people. Do I, if I want to watch it in widescreen? Do I need to have widescreen pointing up or down? Well, it's so you read it. Well, that's right. not intuitive. <laughs> like that should be the side. I'm like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> I think my gossip. DVD is like that. Wow. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Oh, man. That's another, that's another just Screams 2000 movie. Oh, yeah. So 2000. Jason Marsden. Mm. Mm. And Norman Reedus, like, just unrecognizable. My God. Yes. So my next point is actually the soundtrack. We mentioned soundtracks before and how uh, similar they are. But I love this soundtrack. Like I I'm a soundtrack person in general, but with bands like Weedist, Offspring, you know, Fastball, whom I absolutely love, you know. And, but they keep popping up on um like Spotify lists and stuff, and I'm like, God, I miss Fastball. <laughs> uh, so actually, good. a couple of years ago, uh, me and my partner went to an Everclear concert. Mm. And it was opened by Vertical Horizon and Fastball. Uh, Vertical Horizon! Yeah. And I actually uh, made one of the Fastball guys, like, stay in the, like, signing booth that he was in until I could run and get cash and get him to sign a CD for my partner. That's <laughs> awesome. He was, he was very nice about it. Uh, two, yeah, Vertical Horizon Everclear are two bands that I had the opportunity to see, but didn't for, for different Ew. reasons. Yeah. Well, ever clear. I was, you know, in intense pain, yeah. so I couldn't stand unfortunately. So yeah, yeah, no, we've seen Everclear like three times. We got to meet art and, uh, the rest of the band and he was just a lovely guy. Um, and so it was, it was really fun to see them 
not only on the soundtrack, but in the movie, we do get to see them in little snippets of a concert. Um, but on this soundtrack, we've also got, you know, Everclear, the Foo Fighters, the Cure, Bloodhound Gang. You know, it's it's a whole just big collection of, you know, mostly, I mean, some great bands still going. Um, I mean, like, you know, Foo Fighters and Everclear mm-hmm. and uh, Blink-182 regenerated without, uh, without... Tom DeLonge. Thank you. Yeah. He's doing so, Angels and Airwaves. But yeah, yeah. This, this, uh, this soundtrack is really great. Um, so a funny aside about The Cure, talking about bands that are still around. So I'm out to lunch with my buddy Jim, the, the guy I'm, I'm the caretaker for who had the stroke and he was in the Boston music scene for a long time. And he's talking to his buddy, Greg, that came out to visit and they're talking about their friend Reeves. Like, yeah, you know, Reeves is toured with David Bowie as like a guitarist and this and that. And he plays in the cure now. And I went, excuse me. Yeah, no, literally Whoa. Reeves, Reeves is the guitarist for the cure. This guy. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like imagine being like a kid in the eighties and nineties and going like, yeah, someday I'm going to be the guitarist for the cure, not a cure cover band, legitimate, the cure. That's, <laughs> like, that's really that's goddamn great. cool. Actually, um, kind of jumping off that my friend Dustin, uh, after, oh gosh, I've known him for almost 15 years. Um, a few years ago, he got the gig of playing the drums for the Ataris. Yes. Yes, and then uh, when they couldn't tour, he started doing TikToks, and now he's like super viral on TikTok. So that's awesome. Yeah, nice. it's amazing. Um, anyway, hi Dustin. Um, <laughs> so my next note on here is the cast. So this cast isn't spectacular. I'm gonna say, um, but you know we've got. Our main care, our main players, Jason Biggs, Mina Suvari, and Greg Kinnear, which, come on, he's a pretty big name, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in supporting roles, we we have um, <clears throat> uh, Jimmy Simpson, which actually, uh, Stefan, you were commenting on Jimmy Simpson. Oh, yeah. I, I call him not Christian Slater. Right. Yeah, I've, I've always thought he looked like him. <laughs> I I don't see it, but I'll take your word on it. No, well, I mean, I, cer- I, certainly I, not in this movie. No, no, but I know exactly what you mean. I was like thinking back on other things he was in, and I'm like, who the hell does he look like? <laughs> <laughs> and then we've also got Thomas Sadowski and Zach Orth as the three uh, supporting cast roommates. Which are literally from hell or beyond. They're they're trash. I yeah. like that like they have this insane weird like fashion sense that doesn't seem to fit the characters <laughs> at all. Like and, and it's a funny joke. It's like they're always like, dude, you don't fall asleep in the tanning booth. It's like what? <laughs> and when they're all getting like their hair like done. Frosted <laughs> like, shit, yeah. Oh god. I think I think um because constantly they're like, oh, we'll get our dad's lawyer to, you know, right. do this. So I think they're supposed to have, like, the latest, like, 
high fashion clothing or whatever. And for being the millennium, it was neons and yep. spikes and all, right. all that crazy stuff. You know, I'm trying to and, look like Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, mm, yeah, or you know, futuristic, whatever. Um, but I think they're supposed to be very um, money comes from money, doesn't give a shit type guys. And mm-hmm. their personalities reflect that easily. Um, it just, you know, being partying their way through college and being deceitful. Um, so actually, while we're still talking about the cast, I have like for that actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not trying to be, be crazy or anything here, but it's just that wild. So um, about halfway, well, about a third of the way into the movie, we see Andy Dick, <laughs> mm-hmm. who just randomly shows up um, as an office worker with post-nasal drip. And uh, it just... It's very true. You never know where Andy Dick will show up. For in our case, a wine and crime live show <laughs> in New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Um. He. It was definitely interesting. We got our picture taken with him. He was pretty nice. Not terribly weird. Um. To us, anyway. Um. We've got Colleen Camp was the homeless woman. Yep. When mm-hmm. Mina Suvari's mother called back. At Grand Central. You know, it's it's insane. Yeah. You know, and then we have Twink Kaplan <laughs> as, <laughs> as a server at a strip club. And, like, just n- not a traditional role for her. Um, I guess what I remember her from is Clueless, the TV show. Yep. Uh, yeah. Feature on there. And just a complete mind-blowing different character that yep. she played. And then... The Coupe de Gras, Dan Aykroyd as Jason Biggs' dad. Totally. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Totally a throwaway role that he did for a paycheck. And, and you know, I, I love when Dan Aykroyd shows up in roles like that. Him and Harold Ramis would do that a lot, I found. Mm. Um, and it's great because I love Dan Aykroyd's scenes in this movie. It's like, even though like, they're kind of like, you know, like you yeah. said, they're definitely throwaway scenes and you know, that he didn't even really have to be on set with everyone to do them for the most part. No, and, yeah. but like that phone call he has with, with Jason Biggs, it like, it sets like the point for the whole movie. And I'm like, why is Dan Aykroyd so good at delivering lines like that? Like, oh, <laughs> no matter mm-hmm. what city you're in, you're going to get your heart broken at your age. And I'm just like, that's yeah. pretty profound, Dan mm-hmm. Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He played in uh, in Crossroads. He played like yes. pretty much in, like he played an identical character. He really did in that movie. Slightly bigger role, but not by much. Well, it's so funny. The first movie I can remember seeing Dan Aykroyd in was another dad role of uh, My Stepmother is an Alien. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, right. With tiny Seth Green and like <laughs> it just so he's he's very much a dad figure. In my mind, I mean, I know he's done all these other movies and he's an amazing actor. Um, I just, I loved his Midwestern accent in this. Um, I actually 
got an opportunity to meet him and uh i was starstruck i froze i couldn't say anything like i waited in line to meet him and once i got up to him i just i couldn't speak and he was like hey nothing he, he was like i like your shirt mm. i was like thanks <laughs> and left and so that was my meeting of Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. And he's literally the only person that I have been starstruck in front of. Oh, I totally so, would be too. Mm-hmm. How could you just, not? He yeah. is he is stratosphere level. Like and he's out of his mind too. So if you get him like going on like really cool, weird alien conspiracy theories and, oh, and, the um, and ghosts. And yep. the paranormal, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And like he's like 100% legit about it, too. So you're just like, wow, good for you, dude. Like, like, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, my, so anyway, oh, oh go ahead. so I was just gonna say, since, since you brought up that guy, my that guy is Stephen Wright. Um, do either of you know Stephen Wright? Probably any relation to Edgar Wright? N- no, um, so Stephen Stephen Wright, I don't know if you remember him in this film. He's the pantyhose customer at the strip club that tries to get. Oh, Thor, um, okay. Yes, I thought he looked familiar. And it's the voice. Um, Stephen Wright is a very prolific voice actor. He's he's around here. He's really well known because he's from Cambridge, Mass. And his voice—he's just got that monotone voice, and that's his whole comedic thing. Is he just speaks in that voice the whole time, and um, it, almost like an even more monotone um, H. John Benjamin, right? Is like the thing he's got going, and he shows up in everything. This guy's been in Natural Born Killers, tons of TV shows, um, wow. Loser, of course. Um, He's done voice work for Disney TV shows, Babe Pig in the City. He was in Half Baked. He usually shows up either in voice work or as like a creepy homeless looking pervert is usually like the roles he plays. But <laughs> he's a really funny guy. I highly recommend looking up his his comedy. He'll, you know, tell jokes. I, <laughs> what was it? I dated a girl who worked at a planetarium. And, you know, sometimes we'd just, you know, hang out and, like, I'd try to kiss her, but she'd be over there under Jupiter and I'd be over here under Saturn and we'd just be too damn far away, man. And you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's my that guy. Since since you brought it up, Stefan, do you have one for this? Or yeah, uh, for, for me, it was Jimmy Simpson, a.k.a. Yes. not Christian Slater. Um, <laughs> uh, lately... Lately, he is he's really rose to fame on a uh, Westworld. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, he's great on it. He's he's such great great villain on that show. Um, oh okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's been gotten a lot of a lot of other stuff. The Women's Day episode of Into the Dark. Do you remember that one, mm. Jess? The, the Treehouse one. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, he was in that. He's really kind of kind of had it. Oh, Loser was his first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, probably not a shock. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yep. He plays White his House. comeback really well. Yeah, White House Down. Oh, yeah, uh, Unhinged. Mm. I just watched that the other day. It's pretty good. It's a really short movie, but it's a solid kind of B-movie thriller. Um, I guess what I know him from is Psych. Uh, yep. He played mm-hmm. Mary Golightly. And um, 
CSI. That's what it is. He was on CSI a lot. Uh-huh. In certain roles, he has a Killian Murphy-looking thing going on, too. Yes. Gets yes. In fact, when I watched this again, I, I had to do a triple take and be like, wait a minute, what? Oh, no, it's that other guy. Cause it's I like, can see that more than Christian Slater. It's the sleepy eyes. It's that like, I, look. Yeah, of like, I can see that. Yeah. But um, in but in um, Westworld, he looks like Christian Slater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, start watching it. It's incredible. I don't have HBO. You can come over to my place. We can yeah, watch you have HBO. Mm-hmm. I have Disney. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a deep dive. That that show is a lot. Yes. That's... <laughs> okay, so my next note that I have here is douche roommates. Oh my god. <laughs> they suck like, so hard. Who, who they are, are the so real... terrible. Is the title loser supposed to be like not about Jason Biggs? <laughs> I wonder that. Well, he's such a loser because he's so nice and he studies and he, you know, does the right thing even when it, you know, goes against him. And, you know, he's nice to a fault. And, you know, that's what makes him a loser. Like, um, you know, Jimmy Simpson or Noah, uh, you know, there's a couple of times he pulls him aside like, hey, Nobody likes you. Maybe if you tried harder, you know, buy a sixer for the group, you know, join us, you know, maybe if you did this, we would like you more. But like, even them moving into the dorm after he's already gotten in, set up his bookshelf and put like his last book on it, they come (laughs) ramming in with who even knows what it is. And they're just like, oh, can you just uh, scoot that over there? And, you know, Paul, Jason Biggs, is like, well, can't that go over there? And they're like, no. And so, you know, immediately that sets the tone for the roommates being, you know, kind of asshole bullies. And, you know, um, Paul being a pushover. Um. It's such an interesting thing to me with them, like I said, this being an Amy Heckerling movie and having her been, I think, the writer and director of Clueless as well about, yep. geez, nearly 10 years prior, like eight years prior. And only, only five, actually. Yeah. Only five was at 94? Yep. 95. 95. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that for some reason. But, you know, Clueless, your main character you're following around in that movie is technically the character who is clueless, but she refers to, um, oh man, what's her face? Oh, Hi. yeah, I'm ruining it. Sorry. Yeah. Wonderful actress. Rest in peace. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but re- refers to Brittany Murphy's character as the one who's clueless, but that movie is like winking at you going, no, 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 no. It's the other way around, but they never make share the bad guy. Yeah. You know, no. this movie, it's weird. They had an opportunity to do that here. But these guys are complete caricatures and they suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're just, yeah. just straight up villains. And it's, ah, uh, damn it. Yeah. So um, going from douche roommates, we next have <laughs> douche teacher. Oh, my God. So we meet Greg Kinnear as Professor Edward Alcott and uh, find out that. Um, Ms. Dura Diamond, Mina Suvari, is super emo, and uh, she and Mr. or Professor Alcott, excuse me, are sleeping together. 
but uh, he is not taking any chances on it. He doesn't want anybody knowing. He actually puts her down quite a bit, or like mm-hmm. pushes, pushes her intelligence and questions her, and just is a douche, a douche canoe. Even um, he just he's oh, he's so gross, and like you know. She is having a really hard time keeping college uh, together, even. Um, she doesn't have, like, a regular, you know, place she's staying, um, except with her parents, which is, I guess, a train ride away. Um, and, you know, she's like, oh, hey, you know, could I sleep on your couch, even? Like, we don't have to do the domestic thing, but, you know, I, I kind of need a place. And he's like, you know, I'm just taking a risk just to be with you. Like, this this isn't this isn't going to turn into a domesticated relationship. And he just he's so just gross. Um, and he just that's just him throughout the entire thing. Like he's just slimy, douchey, nasty. Ugh. A lot of these these characters are like caricatures of like people that you meet in college. I mean. You know, obviously they're extremes. Like I knew people with some of these characteristics, but not not like to these extremes. I feel like, you know, the with the the roommates it was more appropriate for high school, but maybe not. Well, no, because they're used to high school where they can get away with partying yeah. and daddy's True. money and this and that and another thing and now they're in college yeah. and now they aren't living with their parents and they can go on and be even bigger douches oh yeah they suck Kinnear it, it it's you know the caricatures are definitely on full display even with Greg Kinnear's character but he he's such a pro that he he, he makes you hate him oh, oh he's yeah. so gross he's so fucking gross yeah. and like the the confrontations and the all oh, the you know mm-hmm. oh well no I didn't I didn't tell my parents I was bringing you I told them my girlfriend couldn't make it so I'm taking my teaching assistant you go yeah wait, oh, a, wait a minute I know so are his pa- so his parents are fucking gross too. <laughs> right. Right. No, it's just him being gross and not introducing her correctly. Oh, it's terrible. His, his parents have nothing to do with it. He's, you know, the one presenting her as the teaching assistant. Yeah, I know, but I guess the way I look at it is, you know, a 30 something year old guy bringing a 17 year old teaching assistant to a vacation home to meet his parents is still kind of like, what's going on here? Like, you know, if you're, I mean, you're, that's going to be any, any, pretty much any parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, true, true, I mean, true. again, the parents aren't even a factor, I guess, in my opinion. Yeah. I just, uh, he just, everything about him just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is all Greg Kinnear and Professor Elcott and just so, so gross. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, at one point they start, uh, he and uh, Dora start bickering back and forth, and he's like, you know, how am I supposed to argue with you when you're wearing this sweater and your hair like that? And it just, you know, makes her little heart melt, and she's like, oh, fine, you know, and just completely playing her like a fiddle, and it just, it's so just, ugh, to watch. I'm like, you can do so much better. Yeah. 
And uh, and so um, next on my list, I have payphone and homeless woman. Yep. Which we already mm-hmm. talked about the homeless woman as the remarkable Colleen Camp, who highly was highly underrated. Yvette in Clue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's incredibly unrecognizable in this role. Didn't even recognize her the first time. I um, I, I never recognize her. I never recognize her in any other movie she does. In, and I'm always like, oh, she was in this. She was that person. Wow. <laughs> But also, but also a payphone, you know, that's, that's not really a thing in 2021. (laughs) And so, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny to see, you know, these relics (laughs) of the 19th or the 20th century. And, you know, just, it's, it's crazy just how far technology has come and like, you know, a cheapy burner cell phone is 20 bucks, you yep. know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's wild, you know, when we used to have to pay, you know, 10 cents for a call and then 25 and then 50 and, uh, it's just, it's just wild. Or you had oh, to no. go to the pay phone to pay money to call someone's pager to let them know you were ready for them to take you, pick you up. Yeah. That oh. one was the one that broke me. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like that this movie came out at, on the perfect precipice of that. So you had Dora's little like breakdown line, like about how awful cell phones are and why she hates them so much. And you, <laughs> I, I yeah. did. I thought that was really cool because it it not only really put you in a place in time, it also put you in a. This is about class too, because yeah. then she yep. has it because the rich boyfriend gets her one, and it's like, oh, all right. So it's only so he can boss her around, make her, exactly. make her you know, pick mm-hmm. up his obscure coffee. and. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially a leash. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So my, my next points are um, Emancipated at 18 and Andy Dick, which mm. we did talk about Andy Dick. But um, Emancipated at 18? Yeah, does that kind of happen automatically? That- like, you're a legal adult. I can understand, you know, your parents get, you know, cuts and perks and, you know, still cover you sometimes if you're in school. Um, but I don't think you have to emancipate your, yourself at 18. Um, no. no. Anyway, that's, that's how we met Andy Dick in this random office role. And, you know... Uh, Dora's having an emo freak out, like, you know, well, I can't get a better job and I can't find a place to live and I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, <laughs> moving on down the list, I have waterbed, bunk bed, and literally the worst roommates. Oh, God, I got a <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Paul wakes up at one point. He's got a bunk bed with um, Noah, Jimmy Simpson's character. And uh, he fell asleep with a cigarette in his hand, a lit cigarette. And it's ashing on the upper bunk, which he has brought in a waterbed mattress to put on it. Yeah, and so this thing starts leaking and gets a hole in it. And, you know, 
Jason Biggs wakes up because he's sopping wet. And he's like, oh, dude, wake up. Your mattress is leaking. And he actually gets up and tries to help for a minute. You know, because it, at least he has some sort of good instinct. Like, oh, shit, this is happening. And then his friends walk in and they're like, what are you doing? And, you know... Noah, you know, has to be a cool guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're just, we're trying to deal with this. And, you know, Jason Biggs didn't understand that waterbeds are not allowed in college dorm rooms. And the other roommates go, hey, man, we're going to breakfast. Want to come? And Noah just goes along with him and just leaves Paul to the waterbed mattress that wow. is literally going to soak everything in the room. Again, making them literally the worst roommates ever. I know. And then leads to them having a conversation with the RA about Paul's, uh, what, what was it? Um, bad hygiene, racist <laughs> comments, <sighs> and what was the third one? I blocked oh. it. I don't even remember. I was so mad. Yeah. Oh, just... it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, of course, this is the point where Paul, Jason Biggs' character, shows up with a sixer for the gang, you yep. know, to try mm-hmm. and kind of fit in, you know, smooth things over, whatever. And these guys are dressed up as they think intellectuals are dressed. So they're all wearing, you know, sweaters, and a couple of them are wearing plaid pants and glasses and, like... It, <sighs> They just, they're so over the top and it's ridiculous. Either way, Paul moves out. He moves into a veterinary clinic, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a back room in a veterinary clinic, which is actually a really great place for him. You know, it's quiet. He's, you know, he takes care of the animals overnight, you know, whatever. It's it's a good place for him. He doesn't have anybody picking on him. Any of it. Um, so he winds up setting up the back room, which came with a bed. You know, it's actually a decent-sized room. So yeah. overall, he upgraded. I have to comment. Um, we often see Dora surviving on honey and coffee creamer. Oh, God, it's terrible. I I just, I am absolutely amazed. Um, I'm, it's college for some people. Well, my partner and I are on a, you know, caloric restrictive diet. So I, I get, you know, keeping your calories down. And I, I understand she's not doing it to keep her figure. But I looked at this bottle of honey that I have on my coffee maker, and a tablespoon is 70 calories. Mm. And I'm just like, that is not enough, honey. Like, you, you need to have more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, sweet Paul. Uh, had seen that Dora is a big fan of Everclear. He buys tickets for them to go to their show coming up. Um, and she's like, um, I have some interviews, but I will meet you there. And she goes in for 
a job at a convenience store as an overnight clerk. And one of my favorite things is it has Rocky Horror characters in the background. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice touch. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't give her the job basically because she's a woman, uh, which is sexist. And actually, uh, um, Adam, I think it was, uh, walks up with a six-pack. Adam is one of the douchey roommates and she's like, isn't that sexist? And he's like, actually, yeah, that is. That defies sexist laws and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually she says she doesn't want the job anyway. Um, but he invites her to this um, fundraiser. It's not a party. It's a fundraiser. Uh, back at the vet clinic that the <laughs> douchey roommates convinced Paul to let them have. Ugh. I, I was, I mean, I know Paul's a nice guy, but at this point I was even kind of like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, no, no, but no, like just no, like you're, you're sweet, but seriously, stop. Just stop. Yep. Um, and so, you know, they have the entire place decked out with, uh, party lights and they're passing out punch. And, um, we find out that the juice is spiked. Mm -hmm. Um, and Dora actually is walking around and she's like, oh, uh, do you know where the bathroom is? Trying to find the bathroom. And, um, she, uh. She runs into um, Noah again, and he's actually drinking his beverage out of a pee container. <laughs> because that's hilarious. Um, and he's like, oh, here, this will help your stomach. Basically giving her more of spiked juice. And, like, these animals are all out of their cages. Like, the people are handling them. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Paul said, don't go in the operating room. It's sanitized. Nope. They've got people on the table. And they're, quote, unquote, playing doctor. Mm. And it just, ugh. So much, ugh. <laughs> that's, that's literally all I can say about these three roommates. It's just, ugh. Yeah, his his conversation. Um, I forget it wasn't Noah. It was the the uh, Christian Slater lookalike. I think on the couch. That's Noah with with Dora. Oh, sorry, no, there. Sorry, um, with Dora. Um, what do you like, yellow or checkered? And she goes, <laughs> "What? Oh, I just want to know what kind of cab you want to take home after." And I went, "Oh uh, my uh, god!" Like yeah. I, I get, I get, I get movie that you're trying to make them gross, but like. So 20 gross. years later, we we don't play so lightly with date rape in, in no. movies. Yeah. Like this was almost played for lols a little bit, you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> well, and I mean, even now, like that that line would be like Uber Lyft. Yeah, you exactly. know? Right. But of course they wouldn't pay for it. <laughs> no, that's right. No. Yeah. yeah. So um Poor, poor Paul. He's at the concert. He gets concert tees for both him and Dora. 
you know, he's sitting there. He put the concert tee over her seat. That you was know. so sweet. It I've met him so many times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just, you know, he's at the concert and seeing this band that I'm sure, you know, middle of nowhere, um, you know, Midwest Paul has probably never heard of. Um, and, you know, he gets, you know, bumped into by another couple who, like, basically move into the seat area that Dora was supposed to take, but she's obviously not coming. Um, and, of course, we get a nice little cameo of art from Everclear and a little taste of so much for the afterglow. And uh, then Paul heads home. And finds the vet clinic absolutely trashed. Mm. Completely trashed. And I know I said they were literally the worst roommates, but I have on here even shittier roommates. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even like roommates. They're just, you know, shitty people at this point. <laughs> well, they're not friends. Right. You know, they're, yeah. they're acquaintances at best and right. don't even deserve that title. Maybe I'm just like more sympathetic with these things. And maybe I, I, I've never, I'll admit, I've never been to a party where like a place was that trashed or destroyed. Oh, At least not when I was I there. You know, I, I would think, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, I don't want to destroy I me. Mean, you know, when people, you know, when you mix alcohol and your inhibitions go away. Yeah. And uh, one of them left a note saying, you know, be back to clean up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Basically, you know, Paul cleans up and resanitizes the vet tools and gets all the animals back to their cages. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, he finds Dora passed out in the bathroom and winds up taking her to the hospital where she has Professor Elcott listed as her emergency contact. That says a lot. Oh, that says a lot. But then they call him and he says, doesn't he say he's never heard of her? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Like that literally makes my stomach turn. Yep. So gross. Like you care enough about this hot little girl to stick your dick in her. But when she's in the hospital, you can't say shit. Wow, what kind of man are you? Like, I get that's the character, but it is fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note on here for the cheesiest pickup line ever, um, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not research it. My bad. Um, anyway, uh, oh, I have Paul is literally too nice for his own good. And, um, after he brings Dora home from the hospital and lets her sleep in his bed for what, two days. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Making sure she has her pills and everything. Um, you know, they decide to. Rent a movie in, so he goes out, gets pizza, a movie, which we run into David Spade. 
Yeah, like, I loved him showing up to. There's literally nothing there, and he literally jumps out to give a ta-da. It's David Spade. <laughs> yeah, like David Spade working in a video store. Another piece of uh, relic from that time. Yeah. 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 Loved just, it. It's crazy. Um, and so you know he's he's trying to, you know, give him advice on what a girl's gonna like. You know, so he recommends um, Simon Birch. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't want to uh, have full frontal Harvey Keitel. So that dude's what he said. That dude's all dong. Is that what yeah. He said? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, which I've actually, or no, they were talking about the piano. Yeah. yeah not which I've never seen. Not a bad cop. Another Harvey Keitel. Uh, Full frontal. Also, NC seventeen. Stick that in there because hello, we have to. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Recurring segment that and rescue nine one one references. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. So anyway, on his way back, he picks up some yellow flowers and signs Alcott's name and uh, puts puts it on a card for her and said. Oh, you know, I found these on your desk. And it says, you know, get well soon, Alcott. I thought he, it was clever that he was using the exam that Alcott had written to write yeah. the letter. Although, yep. um, I don't know if it's a flub or if it's just something that should have been a tell that maybe they removed. But he reveals later that he was having Dora grade his exams for him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... I don't know. I don't know if he signed them or I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, um, let's see. He got the flowers for her before, and then he went out to get pizza and soda. And then when he comes back, Alcott is at the vet center, wooing Dora again, and uh, you know, kind of sweeps her out of there. And you know, they go off. Um, you know, she, with her head in the clouds and he being stuck with Simon Birch. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, she, he runs into Dora again a little later. Um, and, ah, okay. I jumped ahead of myself. This was before the pizza and soda um this is when he brings the flowers and he and dora have a uh well he and dora hang out and uh she trades in his fargo hat (laughs) lovely warm hat with the ear flaps that is so chic in midwestern fashion um (laughs) yeah they go to the lost and found and she gives him a another hat which is uh this one is called a pork pie um it's it's kind of similar to a um shoot uh, kind of similar to well i was gonna say it's kind of similar to a fedora but or it has bowler. you know yeah. a flat top it's more fuller mm-hmm. than fedora but it has a flat top um and he holds up his uh fargo hat and says you know should i leave this here and she's like why don't we leave it in the park for a homeless park? <laughs> 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 oh, 
And he, he just kind of gets a look like, what? Okay. And so, you know, they do that. And uh, when they get back to the vet center, um, there is a kitten. Uh, there was a cat that had kittens. And one of them was still in its amniotic sac um, that, I guess, did not burst. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about uh, cat birthing processes. Um, either way, uh, Jason Biggs takes it into the, uh, operating room and, you know, cuts open the sack and they save the kitten, um, and have a really sweet time together. And then, um, the next day, Dora is trying to figure out what she can do for a job. And this is another relic is she is looking through the newspaper at one newspaper. Ads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, kids. I oh, I feel so old saying that. Um, back in my day, to, yeah. Back in my day, you know, twenty years ago, um, people used to find jobs and love and sell their crap they didn't want in the newspaper, and they would take out ads, uh, kind of like the obituaries, but smaller. Um, anyway, uh, she decided that she's going to start harvesting her eggs, No, which true, it can get you a lot of money. It's also a dangerous process, mm-hmm. especially then. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, she decides that she's going to take them out on a date. The treat is hers, even though she doesn't have much money or anything like that. And um, she basically steals a loaf of bread, and they get to sneak into the second half of a Broadway show, which, you know, (laughs) back in the day, they didn't double-check your tickets. You know, you could go out for a smoke and go back in somewhere, or whatever. And that leads me to a surprise, that actor, Alan Cumming, in Cabaret. So Um, good. Yeah, and which he has done on Broadway, and he is fantastic. And at the end of the day, um, you know, he didn't spend a cent, she didn't spend a cent, so hey, it worked out well, you know. Um, so this is to the point, this is the point where uh, he goes and picks up the pizza and soda, and Elcott is there, and she, you know, goes off with him, and I put friend slash zone mm-hmm. um, yes I, I know that there's not actually merit behind the friend zone like you either see someone as dateable or you don't you know um, but at this point you know what he is thinking is a date she is thinking as you know a friend date like she's not looking at him like that so, you know, I just, I just kind of did friend slash zone because that's just what it was. You know, it's basically just one of those misunderstandings. Um, and so, um, oh, Paul is doing laundry and he's approached by one of his lovely roommates and they're like, oh man. That fundraiser went really well. We need to have another one this weekend. 
And finally, Paul has the gumption or the cojones, I don't know which, to stand up and say, no, you're not using the vet office again. Um, it, it was trashed. And uh, at one point, this, uh, this um, ex-roommate pulls a bra out of Paul's laundry. And he's like, this is Amy's. Are you hitting my bitch? Jesus. Like, what? Who even says something like that? He's like, Every guy I knew in 2000. Oh, gross. Oh, no. it, this, this movie is just PTSD, the movie. <laughs> oh, there's, there's something they say later on that really Oh, no. I know exactly. Me. Yeah, there's something yes. later that, that I knew yes. shut the movie off. We'll get there. Yeah. Um... Actually, it's funny. Um, little side note: before they went on their free date, um, they go to the uh, the laundromat. And when I first saw this, I paused it at just the right time. That I swore you could basically see, and it's just a play of lights or whatever. But it looks like Marilyn Manson's face. <laughs> in, in like a washer or dryer door. And it's like, you know, the Marilyn Manson white face with the dark stripes across the eyes and like the red lips. It looked green to me, but yeah, I could kind of see it when you pointed it out. Yeah. It, I, I paused it at exactly the right time when I first saw this and I had the best laugh. And, you know, if you don't see it, that's fine. But it's something I saw and will forever remember. Um, it's the new it, the new ghost behind the curtain. I don't expect that many people to see this movie. Um, but yes, it I just it tickled me. I thought it was funny. Um, so anyway, uh Paul basically gives them the reason uh, that they were um, spiking the drinks. Um, and didn't want them to have the party at the uh, vet clinic. And um, so, you know, it cuts to the... Uh, actually, at that point, um, Paul... Uh, stole um, the supply of quote-unquote medicine the roommates had, which were ecstasy tablets that they were using to spike girls' drinks at these parties. Which is so beyond fucked up. Mm -hmm. It just... Hmm, like, it's... It's not okay. And he pulls a switcheroo um, he goes to the grocery store to find something that looks similar to it. And, like, he even asks the guy, like, like this random guy, it's not even in a pharmacy. It's just stuff off the shelves. He's like, what are the side effects of this? Like, he's so nice. He wants to make sure nobody is going to have any, like, ill side effects. And yeah. so he goes ahead. He switches the pills. And the uh, the guys throw a party at a bar, but all the girls are having 
smart conversations and they're studying. I and... loved the girl like fast speed studying. That was, yeah. <laughs> was it was like ginkgo biloba or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And like um Noah walks up and he's wearing only a kimono and he walks up to these girls. <laughs> And I think he said, hey, ladies, see anything you like? And one of them was like, that looks like a penis, only smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. It was great. But then the bouncer for their own party walks up and is like, you have five seconds to put that away before I throw you out of here. No, it's before I rip it off. Oh, before I rip it off. (laughs) It's so good. Why are you waiting? Just do it. Seriously. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, he could be sued by their dads. Well, yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So anyway, they realize that someone has fucked with their pills, and they look at their supply, and they realize the only person that has been in their dorm at all has been Paul. And so, was it Noah that went to the library? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Noah's the one he punches. Yeah, it was Noah. Okay. So, yeah. uh, Noah finds Paul at the library. Um, He does use the R word, which shows you how far we've come. Yeah. And uh, makes a very gross comment about autism. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the two lines I said earlier with Amy Heckerling. I just can't believe like a script like and again i know it's because how far we've come but i'm like he's looking in a psych book shows all the roommates hey have you ever looked in this book before look at that r word and then hey do you guys know what autism is and i'm like in the same line and i go this is fucking terrible yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like that that and i get they're supposed to suck i think that's probably maybe where the direction comes from these guys of course to suck but at yeah. the same time, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, that's a good portion of this film is mm-hmm. too far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for 2021 standards, and I am very thankful that the world is moving this way, mm-hmm. uh, that the R word or retard if you don't know it it's not a word that i use and i don't know people using it but some people don't know what the r word is that's why i just said it um and people are definitely a lot more um receptive to not using it and um understanding of people say on the spectrum or you know um, people who have behavioral issues or, you know, even genetic issues, you know, people are just more accepting in 2021, which is much nicer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, Noah finds Paul in the library and basically starts a fight like, dude, you stole my drugs. And... Paul owns him. It's awesome. It yeah, it's is a... great. 
like he he still got that horrible haircut which we've never even talked about but it's just it's terrible it's like boy band bowl cut center part just Oh, I can't believe Toby, that was ever like really attractive. Toby Maguire in Spider Man Three, man. I thought he had a side part. I don't know. Yeah, it just it was, reminded it me of it. it. It's that same look. It's just like I don't know why. It just reminded <laughs> that they were. It's just like that that like intentionally douchey haircut. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And with yeah. Paul, I think it was probably just saw it in a magazine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of where he is in in life, but. Yeah. Oh. And uh and so they get into a fight and they and Paul accidentally gets knocked into another guy and gives him a bloody nose. And like as he's fighting, he's like, sorry, sorry. And, and finally after uh I keep wanting to call him Jimmy, but uh Noah stays down or stalks off because he knows he's not gonna, you know, get the best of Paul anymore. Paul turns around to the other guy that got hit, and he's like, are you okay? You know, let's get you taken care of. Like, he's still so nice. Yeah. Like, he was just in a fight, but no, let's get this other guy taken care of. Yep. Like, it just, he's such a loser. Oh, my gosh. No. Um. <sighs> so, anyway, at this point... Uh, we find out, we check in on Dora and find out that she has been staying with Alcott. And he is so anal about some things. Like, you know, she's she's sitting there mending a pair of his pants. And she catches him staring at her. And she starts talking. And he was like, you know... I was looking at you because I thought you were beautiful when you were quiet. Oh. And oh, it's just like women are meant to be seen and not heard. <sighs> and, you know, she's like, oh, do you want anything? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take a cup of tea with, you know, two, you know, two lumps of sugar and the tea bag dunked four to six times. And, you know, she goes to hand it to him and he's like, no, no. This is a coffee mug. It has oh. a teacup with a saucer, and oh. I, I don't know why that, that I don't know why that part pissed me off so much. But for some reason, it really did, like yep. more so than a lot of the other things he's done. But just that, oh, oh, oh. it's a fucking cup. Yeah, well, it's a control okay. thing. It's it's yeah. one, it's you're you're yeah. my puppet. Oh, he yeah. even says it to Paul. She's my puppet. You yeah. Know? Yep. And uh, she she asked him. You know why you know he let her stay with him finally and he's like well you know if i'm gonna get in trouble for this i might as well enjoy it and have you here to mend my pants Ugh. just so oh like i i honestly don't know which is worse the roommate or alcott like it just oh oh um and actually, that brings me to uh, uh, this one of my final notes. Elcott is, in all capital letters, such an asshole. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he actually brings Dora shopping. And oh. they go to, like, a Macy's type of place. 
and he's pulling clothes for her and gives it to the sales lady. She's like, I'll set up a room. And Dora's like, you know, why can't I just go as myself? You know, if you like me like this, they're going to like me like this. And, you know, can't you just introduce me as your girlfriend? And he's like, oh, no. No, um, I told them my girlfriend was out of town. So I bring my TA. But apparently he still has to dress her up in yep. order to be accepted in his eyes anyway. And she she goes in and changes and comes out in like a red blazer and like, a, you know, pencil skirt, a gray pencil skirt and like combat boots while he's trying <laughs> on a suit. And he's like, oh, God, we're not going on a fox hunt. And she just, uh, she goes and sits down in a chair while they're talking. And, you know, he's loving this attention from this saleswoman. And the saleswoman is lavishing attention on him. And um, he just, he, you know, pulls the mirror one way. And uh, he's explaining, you know, that, you know, Paul and the other guys... Um, got to take the final home because they know about his relationship with Dora and are blackmailing him. But it's it's so weird that, you know, Paul didn't want the test. And he even gave me, you know, some sort of speech on how he can't be bought. Mm -hmm. And Dora's just sitting there, like, wide-eyed, like, seriously? Like, this is happening? And uh, when Alcott pushes the mirror back to where it was, Dora's not sitting there anymore. And she goes to find Paul at the vet clinic. And he has gotten a haircut, thank goodness. <laughs> he has the classic Jason Biggs hair now. Yep, he comes back as Jason Biggs for the yeah. third act of the film. Yep. <laughs> and uh you know, they they get together and he he gives her this big speech on how he can't be friends with her. Um you know, and he can't She's a distraction, and, you know, he just, he can't be friends with her. And um, she she puts two and two together and kisses him, and he goes, what was that? And she goes, uh, a kiss? And he goes, no, this is a kiss. Hey, you call that a kiss? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Plays it on her, you know, cue the music, traditional Hollywood ending for a shitty movie. But that was Loser. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I, I do like the lines they give the Animal House style ending where they say where everyone's ending yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Uh, my favorite one was Noah, who was <laughs> trying to perfect mm -hmm. a new party drug and is now learning to retie his shoes. He's now learning yeah. to retie his shoes. And, and watching that now, I took that as a, as a wonderful... Um, uh, almost like poetic justice for him in in making fun of the the, the special needs person he sees in the book, right? It's kind of like, yeah, well, yeah. now walk in those shoes, asshole. Oh, you know I, mean? 
I never put that together, but yes. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, that was a, a clever ending mm-hmm. for him. Um, and, and I love that Alcott goes to jail. Yeah. Yes, for oh, yeah. having sex with a 17-year-old. And the, the one out of the three kids that actually seemed kind of smart, um, the, uh, the, the one that, you know... The bigger could, guy, that, yeah. Yeah, would at least cite, like, law and things in conversations, mm-hmm. gets completely taken advantage of by, like, Enron, basically. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. wild. So yeah, yeah. This, this I found this movie. This movie has its charm. It's just for ev- for everybody involved. It just seemed like a lesser than what they were normally capable of to me. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's a two thousands film. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh oh god. Yeah. It's yeah. just a two thousands film. Mm-hmm. That's that's my take on it, and you know I I feel like for every ugh there is in there. There's also a, you know, gonna get you. So, right. Like, I love yeah. this song, yeah. No, the songs are great. Not, the soundtrack yeah. really is killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. but basically for every, you know, actor that was just disgusting, they got their comeuppance. They did. They mm-hmm. did. And that, that is a good thing, even though they were caricatures. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's there's definitely themes in this movie that will disgust you and make you want to turn it off. Um, but mm-hmm. just stick with it, I guess. And it, it yeah. has that it has that thing that a lot of two th- early two thousands movies had where the story was a pretty humble, sweet story at the end of the day, right? Like this is fairly, you know, benign like humble happy love story when it all when all is said and done and they like were intending to intentionally throwing edgy weirdness into it Mm. and it it sticks out like a sore thumb you know like like i i think of movies like um you know the the farrelly brothers made a lot of them when they weren't doing dumb and dumber right like you know like say it isn't so and and things like that there were just Mm -hmm. movies where you're like Really? This is the plot of your movie? Like, you're just going to stick this shit in there? Like, yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, especially with, you know, um, Paul being from the Midwest and going to, you know, the big school in New York, you know, he, he had to stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, cool. Do, do you guys have MVPs? Uh, I do. My MVP, I'm going to go with Dan Aykroyd. Because he awesome. was mm-hmm. the perfect Midwestern, like, I got your back, dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, like, he was in the right place at the right time in the right spots for this movie. He was great, yeah. Um, for mine, just to kind of go back to this person we where we couldn't figure out who she was, uh, that uh, I should say not, not Minnie Driver. <laughs> she's I found her. She's credited as dog loving girl. Nice. The actress comedian is is uh 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 um uh Meredith Scott Lynn. Okay. She's been in a, a ton of stuff. And one role I remember her for in particular, she's been in a, like Night of the Roxbury, Forces of Nature, yep. Legally yep. Blonde, uh Vamps, another really good Amy Hecker, uh, Heckerling movie. Yep. Yeah, if you, I Jess, I mentioned this one to you. If you like True Blood, you'll definitely like it. Mm-hmm. 
on TV, she was in an episode of uh, Lois and Clark, which I actually do remember the episode she was in. And my favorite role of hers, she was on the season finale of the first season of American Horror Story. Oh. She was the the final scene where they jump ahead three years mm-hmm. and Jessica Lange is in the, the hair salon. She was the, the hairstylist where she delivers the pitch perfect monologue that that scene won her the Emmy. I'm convinced. Oh, oh hell yeah! It just it's like mwah, just chef's kiss. It's like that is why I love why Jessica Lange is a fucking queen. Like <laughs> that scene right there, I just love it, and I'm so glad that after that, you know, now we know, you know, what happened with that the scene at the end. And I was like, you know, when I first saw that, I'm like, oh damn, you know, season two is going to be a different thing. It's like we're never going to know. It's like well, now we did. Awesome. So. The world is good. Um, yeah. What about you, Chris? My, my MVP is actually Mina Savari. And um, it, the reason being is that J- Jason Biggs is kind of the only person in this movie that really doesn't enter it playing a caricature. And it's mostly because Jason Biggs just is this character, right? Like mm-hmm. he, yeah. he's just really good. They don't really have to do much to make him out there he's he's kind of like the grounded center of the movie but mm-hmm. mina savari comes into the movie is like every possible stereotype of a girl down and out in college you know sleeping with the professor working in this you know um, kind of not strip club slash strip club place and you know just taking all the odd jobs but she gives the character an emotional center particularly in her scenes with jason biggs and particularly mm-hmm. later when we see her like caring for the animals and everything and it it just it, it, it's really wholesome what she yeah. ends up doing with the character because yeah. a lot of times, especially in this time period, the girl that puts you in the friend zone and kind of is, you know, uh, sleeping with the guy, th- they always are treated like trash in movies like this. Right. And she's not, they, they really play her realistic by the end instead mm-hmm. of being like uh oh yeah well that girl fucked you so now you, you know she needs to get her due and instead she just gets to be a good character mm-hmm. and and i yeah. enjoyed that about it yeah and the one thing so you 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 repeatedly say how she was a uh, emo i didn't yeah. realize emo started that early i thought it was more like 2002 or 3 no it it kind of started around 2000 it uh, was a weird puke out of the goth movement right yeah, yeah. I mean, goth was yeah like in the 90s and goth you know of course lasted and still kind of exists today yeah no i was just looking at mina suvari's um uh filmography here and it it's crazy to think that she had just done american beauty the year before right mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's pretty wild. And I'm looking at all this stuff she's been in and I could have sworn she was in now and then, but I guess she wasn't. Um, I I don't think she was. No. Yeah. But like she was in American pie. She was in the rage carry too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Her character deserves so much better, but they got there. She was in sugar and spice and and spice. Yeah. And beauty shop. And, you know, a whole lot of other things. She's she's had a pretty good career. Yep. Um, but actually, I do have to point out that the uh, song Teenage Dirtbag by Weedis was starred in by Mina Suvar yep. and mm. Jason Biggs. 
and uh, it's it's a fun one. Um, it you know it's kind of the movie in a nutshell without the assholes. Yeah, um, that was a great music video. I always enjoyed yeah. that one. Yep, it's definitely a good one. So, Stefan, what did the critics think about this one? Yeah, so uh, the critical score, as per Rotten Tomatoes, is a low 24%, with an audience score of an also low 35%. And actually, uh, according to IMDb, uh, Amy Heckerling blames this movie's failure, or its lack of positive reception, on the fact that it was originally written as being an R-rated comedy. Oh, but the studio made them cut it down to a PG 13. This was before, you know, like in the mid two thousands was when the R rated comedy really took off. Right. Okay. So, so this is before they, that they were thinking that it would catch the coattails of American pie, but they got cold feet. Yeah. 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 American pie was kind of a flash in the pan at the time. It really was. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? All right then. Well, have you guys seen any of the uh, American Pie like after the third one releases? Oh I've my seen god! Part of part of Bandcamp, and that's it. Yeah, I, I I have to admit I liked Bandcamp, um, but the the Naked Mile I think it was. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, stars Bug Hall. No shit! L- oh, I remember L- hearing about that. Yep. In Alfalfa. the movie version of the Little Rascals, and it is so kind of bizarre to see him all, all grown up since mm-hmm. you know this movie that I saw so many times as a kid. Like, it's just it's wild. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's loser. Just thank you so much. That that movie. Uh, that's probably. We're probably saying more about Loser than people have said about it in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you can't find it, you can buy it for like $5 on eBay because Amazon wanted way too much for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember this one rented a lot. I, I remember really? that coming out and like be, being a pretty. Yeah. Because Jason Biggs, I mean, American Pie 2 came out, what, a year or two later? Mm. And so the Jason Biggs movies got like scooped up it was yeah he was huge Mm -hmm. for like three years yeah all right well that got married recently did he yeah yeah oh that's awesome macaulay culkin just had a baby recently i know with brenda song it's wild yeah good for him that's good for them that's great he he looks so much better than he did a few years ago like a few, few years ago he looked like he had gotten picked up um at the end of a binge. Oh yeah, there was speculation he was yeah. like researching for like getting into character or something. No, he wasn't. Or rolling. He was no, getting he into wasn't. drugs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that brings us to movie number two, Saving Silverman. Stefan, lay it on us. Yeah. So Saving Silverman came out uh, one year later in 2001, and I've always had a really strong affinity for this movie kind of surprised i don't own it actually uh i first saw it i saw it opening night in theaters uh i was in i was in eighth grade my it was my friend kurt's birthday and me and a couple of his friends went and we just had such a great time such a great time and actually 
I'm glad we reviewed Loser first because it made me realize there's another similarity between this movie other than being just an early 2000s Jason Biggs comedy. Uh, yep, so so Loser starts, so Saving Silverman, it was known in other countries under the title Evil Woman, oh. which I think is a terrible title. I just think I it's think kind it of sounds gen- pretty funny. I mean, it's kind of just I don't know, maybe offensive and doesn't really say much. I mean, I mean, it says some about the movie, but I don't think. I think Saving Silverman's a better title. I, I guess to play devil's advocate, was she really evil? I mean, in wanting to make right. her boyfriend, you know, better, uh, mm-hmm. more or less, you know, and finding him some newer friends and some better clothes and you know things like that and ass implants. <laughs> and ass implants. Yeah, yep. ass implants because yep. asses are important. Mm-hmm. So the movie opens with um, so Darren, played by Jason Biggs, JD played by Jack Black. Who this this is one of my favorite roles of his. Yeah, I he's just, fantastic. I, I love this. him in this movie. And then Wayne, played by Steve Zahn, who the same year did yeah, a really great. Yep, yep, Minnesotan. Uh, the same year did a great uh, dramatic turn in Riding in Cars with Boys. And yep. God, if he if he ever deserved an Oscar nom, it was for that movie. Um, and it's funny, you know. So Darren is Darren is known as the gullible one, but I always thought JD and Wayne were just as much or more so. I remember in, oh, yeah. in, the, in the theaters, one of my one of the kids at the party like said, "God, the guys in this movie are so gullible." I always remember that part. <laughs> So, so they bond over their love of Neil Diamond. So uh, good. And Neil Diamond is kind of like the Everclear. Well, I mean, Everclear wasn't as prominent and loser, but I mean, they make an actual appearance. And Neil Diamond um, really did not want to do this movie. He was quoted as saying, I was dragged into this project kicking and stre- screaming. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so JD, we get... Um, uh, is a former subway sandwich artist slash assistant manager. And that the scene of him with his trainee is, is one of the scenes that's, so we watched the R rated version, by the way, I want to make it clear. There's a PG 13 and there's an R rated version. Um, and the yeah, scene, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Jess was like, you know, don't you trust me to get, to get the right one? It's like, yeah, but it's not very well. Yeah, see, it's not very well known, so most people wouldn't know to to get. What was the R-rated one available uh, to stream, Chris? Yes. Oh, great, great. Yeah, it was I, on. Um, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Awesome. I honestly I did not it, know but... there was a PG-13 version. That that makes me happy. <laughs> so so uh, JD is promptly fired from his job at Subway, and then. Wayne is uh, does a pest and rodent control business. Uh, who you know, and he, and as he says it later on, helps people <laughs> with their emotional problems. Yes, <laughs> this all, my my whole notes of this are just quotes from this movie. There's, <laughs> There's so many so, good ones. So many of them. <laughs> and so um, Darren is just like this sweet guy. And, um, so they, the three of them perform in a Neil Diamond, uh, 
uh, band. Tribute band. You, tri- tribute band, thank you. And one night after they perform, uh, they meet Judith, played by the gorgeous, highly underrated Amanda Peet. Yes. And holy crap, does she play... Uh, she plays such a great bitch in this movie. It's uh, I, I love her. And so she, she at first turns Darren down, but then she kind of realizes what she can, you know, do it with him. Uh, you know, cause he, she hasn't pretend to be her boyfriend to let, get this guy uh, to go away. Which then, I, I have to say <laughs> is not uncommon. <laughs> no. Oh, oh no. Yeah. I, I, mean, I actually did that on the very first date with my partner. Um, I, we started off at one karaoke bar and I had a friend, another guy friend with me and he was like, Hey, let's go to this other karaoke bar. And I'm like, Oh, I hate this other karaoke bar. I get mm-hmm. hit on by old guys every time I go there. And as soon as I get that, as soon as me and my friend get in there, my uh, now partner goes to the bathroom and Less than a minute later, an old guy approaches me and starts hitting on me. And as soon as my now partner walked back up, I gave him a hug. I was like, oh, hi, hun. And when I had him in a hug, I'm like, I need you to pretend to be my boyfriend right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that so, that's actually my that guy um, is the guy that was hitting on her in that scene. Yeah, that's um, that's Kyle Gass, mm-hmm. the other half of Tenacious D. Yeah, he was gonna be my that guy too. Oh, awesome! There we go. I didn't mean to take it. Oh, no, it's all good. Great minds think alike. I love him. He shows up in so many movies and little roles, and he's always so funny. Mm-hmm. I love what he calls Judith Satan and just yeah. walks away. Such a nice <laughs> touch, Satan. Yeah. So we cut and um, uh. Him and Judith have been together for six weeks. And I wrote in my notes, six-week anniversary, are you in high school? Right. <laughs> write that on there. And yeah. so, you know, she, just let's just say, displays her dominance over him. And this is one of the moments that was extended in the uh, R-rated version. Um, and so then we cut to uh, uh, Darren and Judith are going over to meet jd and wayne and this this scene and and i have to mention and uh let's let's talk about we're going to touch on judith's choice of clothes in this movie a couple times yeah especially especially this scene yeah it's like the blouse with like the tie it looked like an ascot almost it was what yeah i mean it's like yeah i mean it see i mean you know amanda pete is a great figure i mean i'm not saying don't show it off Oh but no! The tie, like, the tie, kind of yes, yes, that yeah. That shirt was just disgusting. Mm-hmm. And so the minute they open the door, Judith just like is just has like a disgusted disdain on her face. Amanda Pete is great with facial expressions. She like in, in a lot of her movies, I've noticed that she really like does a great job with that at looking disgusted or annoyed. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. but. Sorry to keep interjecting. I got to no. talk about the girl aspect on this. Yeah, of course. Oh, like, I... The girl going into the bro dude house. Like, it's, oh, the, no, it's the, 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 on the, point. No, it's I. They're, they're pigs. I mean, she's right. 
I'm yeah, not, no, I'm not saying is... she's not right. <laughs> no, but this is like a real life thing. Like the girl oh, going yeah. to the dude house, the chair that you don't want to sit on. <laughs> uh, oh, just all of it. Like the guy's trying to be hospitable and you just don't want to be there. And I probably sound super stuck up right now, but no, it's a thing. Oh no, oh, it is. No, no, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying she wasn't justified to feel that way. This would be a good uh, villain was right episode. Yes. They should they should do this movie. We should recommend oh, yeah. that. Dude, they, 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 should be, they should be guests on this show. Speaking <laughs> of, that'd be great. Um obviously this lady has some problems, but JD and Wayne um do yes. not do not go about it the right way at all. No, no. The 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 beer, it's like just, you know, like read the room, you have a guest. You know, it's like, come on. If they come don't want to sit in your food covered chair. I know. And there was a clean chair like right next to like right next to that. But it's, it's his like, favorite chair. He wants to share it. Sorry and, for the salsa yeah. bath. I right. get that, uh, but still. <laughs> And so we get to where, where Wayne is like, so I understand you're a therapist. That's right. Why you, I, I work in a similar field, tested rodent control. How is that related? Well, are you people, you help people with their emotional problems. I help them get rid of, you know, the literal pests, you know, r- rabbits, rats, mice, silverfish. Oh my, oh, I'm so glad my new apartment. I've never had silverfish. Oh God. Um, I just love that the the the, li- the lines in this movie just make it just oh my god, and so Judith Judith says, you know they storm out of there. She's like, yeah, I don't want you to see them ever again. You know you're quitting the band, blah blah blah, and so this is when she you know threatens to withhold sex. Uh, you know, she, and you know she will. Obviously, she's not even withholding sex. She's withholding sex for her. For her, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, some some guys, you know, enjoy enjoy that. You know, I'm not saying yep. he didn't enjoy that, but yeah. Um, I write in my notes yet. JD and Wayne just there's no better way to describe them other than bumbling buffoons. Yep, it's just like I can't think of a better description for these two. Yeah. Um, and and they do it so well. Uh, so. They, you know, they try to get Judith off. They try to literally buy her off. And I will say, um, if you do, it, it, when they go into her therapist office, therapist's office, and she gives them two and a half minutes for six dollars. That if you do the math for you know like however much it, it was two hundred like two hundred dollars an hour. Two hundred dollars an hour. Um, yeah. Uh, she was being very generous with that two and a half minutes. By yeah, the way, she so was. yeah, she you know she's not a total meanie. Let's just say. Um, and so <laughs> they threatened to give. He offers her his house and the picture yeah. of him being dropped on his head. It's just <laughs> such a nice touch. It's just, oh man. And we get to the other, one of the other um sanitized down lines of this mo- of the the PG 13 to ours, where she's like, I'll throw in JD. In the PG-13 movie version, they say he's the human power tool. In the R-rated, they say he's hung like a horse. <laughs> yep. It's like, I don't really see much of a difference, but whatever. It's such a um, funny line either way. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and then we, uh, they, they, they try to meet with Darren, you know, outs- when Judith's not around. And they bring in Sandy, 
uh, Darren's high school crush. Uh, and they were, he and Sandy were cheerleaders to get cheerleaders together. And Sandy is my, that person, that girl, if you may, Amanda Detmer, mm-hmm. uh, also a Minnesotan, another Minnesotan, uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Oh. Uh, she, you probably most recognize her from two years before she was in uh, drop dead gorgeous stick a pin in that wink, wink. Um, uh, she was the, the, uh, Miss Minneapolis, that was actually her first movie. She oh. was the one that said my roommate did Adam West when, <laughs> with uh, Kirst- when she was talking to Kirsten Dunst at the uh, the table. Mm. The first one to puke, actually, in that part. Oh, and, lovely. Um, yep. She is also, you probably, you will definitely remember her, Jess. Uh, she was Terry Chaney in Final Destination, the one that got hit by the bus. Oh, yeah. yes. Yep. yep. Yep, that was her. Um, hey, she had a good you know, fit before she got hit by that. Bus. Oh no, her, it, her, her scene with her scene and her death was great. It mm-hmm. was it, one of uh, the very best. Another movie I saw opening night in theaters when I was probably way too young too. <laughs> and it was like, just, well, I remember everyone was just in shock <laughs> at that scene. Um, so, uh, he breaks the news that Judith has proposed to him and, that they're getting you know, married. They're getting married, obviously. And she, you know. Hey, not everybody then, says yes. Right, right. And JD, so JD, they're like, you know, I thought you said Judith was your one and only, your one and only. And he's like, Sandy. Yeah, or, or Sandy, sorry. And he's like, yeah, but now Judith is. And then we get to my favorite line in the whole movie and something I still quote whenever I can by JD. Isn't one and only like one and only just (laughs) just the the way he delivers that line is just, oh my God, it's just, it's so funny. Um, And then we cut to uh, the engagement party that Wayne and JD crash. And this is another, okay, let's talk about Judith's dress during this. It looked like it reminded me of JLo's dress from the infamous uh, yep. The Grammys the that one dress. year. Yeah, which I saw. Another thing I saw live as a kid. My mom and I were visiting my grandma in Florida. And when she walked out on that, my grandma was like, oh, a dress like that shouldn't even be allowed on television. That dress was gorgeous. <laughs> I yep. know. I, I know. It was. It was. And Ugh, um, your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I am owing um, your grandma. Uh, I am. My mom's no going to hear this, remember. Hi, Karen. <laughs> and so, awesome. yeah. And so she, um, I mean, when I say it just was like, it, it, it was, look, it was ridiculous. It was just with the motion they have her do in this scene. I'm amazed she didn't flop out of it. I'm sure she did for some outtakes. That's what fabric tape is for. Yep. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'm. I'm yes. not a woman. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Hollywood I don't, secret. <laughs> I don't know these things. <laughs> yes. yes. Fabric so... tape is a very good thing for us ladies. Wonderful. And so then they they drive away, vowing, um, you know, that they gotta get rid of Judith, and they compare. <laughs> they compare Judith to the emperor but with way better tits. And I remember they sanitized this down for TV where JD says, but way better boobs. And it wasn't, they didn't like dub the line over. 
they actually had a separate take where he said that. Yeah. I do remember that. I love it when they put forth the effort with that, when movies do that. I think that's a nice touch. And then they compare Sandy to Mother Teresa, but with way better, but with really great tits. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like, if that doesn't says like these guys and their priorities and, you know, just like bless their hearts. I don't know how to say that any better. Um, so then they, they, um, kid, they plot to kidnap Judith and they show up at her house and, <laughs> this whole operation is just the, the that was the last time I was going to do it. <laughs> it's like these two, I swear. And just how they like cut the power line and it goes like out. Steve so, Zahn's just, get up in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they, they're in the house and they're talking about like what they're going to get to eat after this. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, you too. And so uh, Ju- Judith, you know, puts up a, a pretty big fight. Yeah. And I mean, she she's someone, you know, you don't want to mess with her, obviously. Oh, and yeah. And we, we, we find out later on where she got them from, those uh, moves. And uh, so they eventually, uh, they electrocute her through, yeah. The, cattle the, prod. The cattle prod, right. Oh. And they yep, take her out and then they have her in... They the tie her to a car and like a, a a car engine, right? Yeah, and, yep. yeah. They um, chain her. Hold on, I I got to talk about this fight real quick. Go ahead. It's like, so good. <laughs> <laughs> she has already turned it around, and um, she tranked uh JD with his own or no uh tanked or tranked Wayne with his own gun. So he's mm-hmm. knocked out on the floor and she goes downstairs to try to escape and uh, JD kind of runs into her and he runs into the bathroom to try to escape her. He's not trying to kidnap her. He is oh. not trying to fight her. He is running away, which I actually think is really funny because even in the beginning when they're kids... His kid character, when Darren starts getting beat up by the girl, he stands there and puts his hands over his face. Yep. <laughs> like it just it, it has carried on into adulthood. I think it's so funny. But then Judith, instead of running away, she kicks that door in, grabs JD, and gives him a swirly. It's so good. <laughs> She's like, you're going to break into my house and try to kidnap me? No, this is what you get. No, no. Yeah. Uh, And so they, and and this is, we have this conversation about um, uh, if, if uh, tranquilizer darts are reusable. Yeah. And we found out they were, which is really, which surprised me. Really surprised me. Because he was like ditching them left and right. And I'm like, wait Mm -hmm. a minute. So I was Right. And so, so then they have her chained to a car engine in their garage. And so they're, you know, they don't know what they're going to do with her at this point. It's like, how, how long, how long is this going to go on really? Right. And so they, uh, they bring her in. So like, no, then they, uh, JD dresses up in his bird mascot costume from high school (laughs) Love and, this thing. Yeah, I just love it. And she, you know, and he 
he of course you know has to talk and judith just immediately knows it's jd <laughs> knows it's him i love like how he shuts the um the door like like he she, she's like see you later jd and he kind of like closes it part way and then just like slams it shut realizing like oh shit see you later jd you too judith I know. know. And so um, they they have to make it look like that Judith is really dead because Darren is just thinking she's, you know, run away. Um, So they 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 dig up someone and they they take Judith's car, like prop her up and push the car off a cliff and uh, I love so how bad. JD like gets stuck when they're trying to do that. It's just, she's like JD just take off the jacket. It's my favorite jacket. It's like, can you do nothing right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then and so then um uh Darren you know sees that and he's initially hurt and they uh bring in I actually really loved the news segment yes where i know they talked about um her being dead and then mm-hmm. in other news you know in other person... unrelated news, news yeah. the body of so-and-so <laughs> was you know dug up grave robbed they've arrested three cuban nationals it's like of course yeah that that's so like 2001 comedy right there oh my god yeah, yeah. and uh so that was one of my favorite parts yep yeah. And so then they uh they're they're still trying to hook him up with Sandy at this point. And they also realize you know, they have something to, they need advice about you, Judith. So they pay a visit to their old football coach, paid by the late great Arlie Emery. This was the first role I ever saw him in. Really? Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah, and it did not disappoint. And it's still one of my favorite roles of his. It's just he he is just playing it to a T as their football coach. Yes. And he just immediately says, you know, kill her. Yeah, you kill know? her. And so, like, fine, we'll do it. <laughs> and so they go in. They're both holding a gun at the same time. Like, we're going to kill you. She's like, no, just like, no, you're, she's just so unfazed. She's like, no, you're not. She just How keeps reading her magazine. Because you're not killers. Ooh, I can't do it. You're right. <laughs> oh, no. Just... I love that she looks up from her magazine, completely opens herself up to give them the widest target possible. Yep. Right, yeah. Well, they're both holding the <laughs> same gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, okay, you know, you're not going to shoot me, but go ahead. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And can we just say that um, uh, it's really pathetic of Wayne that he's never killed anything and he's an exterminator. Yep. I'm like, excuse me, how does that work? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, says a lot for he's his character. He's a bad exterminator. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, so... We get one of my favorite early 2000s songs in here. Uh, we got to mention Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely mm-hmm. by the Backstreet Boys, mm-hmm. um, who I'm not ashamed to admit I've seen them in concert five five times, I believe. One of them was with Jess. Nice. And yeah, it's the I, most I have ever paid for a concert ticket. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It was okay. We had, we had great seats, though. Great seats. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go see him again, you know, with the unfortunate reveal about Brian Luttrell. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so then Darren and Sandy meet for lunch, and Sandy is wearing what is the most revealing... Oh, yeah, and so Sandy's training to become a nun, by the way. We haven't said this, because um, her family was in the circus, and her uh, boyfriend slash partner was killed and she vowed she could never love again. So she, you know, wanted to become a nun, you know, and devote, you know, her life to helping others really, you know, cool, you know, says a lot to her character. And so Sandy's wearing what is in my opinion, one of the most revealing habits ever. For those of you that don't know, a habit is the nun, the nun attire, which, okay. Chris, you went to a Catholic school. Did you ever see a nun dress wear, wear that? I have seen um, both of the nuns that worked at my school wear that, but it was for a very formal thing. Mm-hmm. In I normal, the habit was just the hat. Um, I I don't it, know if they call the whole thing the habit or not. I forget. Hmm. Um, but, but I did see them in that full getup a couple, like one or two times, but in normal, they were just dressed like regular old ladies. Yeah. There was, um... yeah I mean, I briefly went to a Catholic college and my friend went to one for all four years and I, I never saw none dressed in, in full, full habit attire. But anyways. We, we had a nun that in kindergarten, um, would watch us. Cause they weren't mm. teachers anymore. Or one of them was a teacher still, but, uh, and she would always pull out the um, yardstick and say how it sucked that she couldn't beat us with it anymore. We we're like, lovely. Oh my God. <laughs> lovely. Hmm. My yep. second grade teacher, if we weren't paying attention, would break a yardstick on uh, our desk in yep. front of us. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, anyways. So, uh, you know, we get then, they, you know, they realize they have a lot in common. They love, both love Neil Diamond. And I pointed this out, you know, how if they were close in high school, wouldn't Sandy have known that? But Jess, you brought up a great point how, you know, in high school, you try to hide what you really like to see. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that's a legit point. And, and uh, she was trying to comfort him after getting electric- electrocuted by nipple clamps. So that's 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 how. Yeah, yeah, that's later on. Yeah, I thought Um, this was when they were at lunch. No, this is they were at lunch where they where she was going to decide if she was going to leave the nunship for him or not. Yep. Oh, the nunnery, the nunnery. I love that name, (laughs) the nunnery. It has a badass nunnery. Yep. Yes, it does. And so they um uh. They, you know, try to do an old cheerleading routine and Darren ends up in the water. And so they, they go, they go to the laundromat and the laundromat scene, by the way, is only in the R rated version of the movie. Because you see and, side boob, side boob and, side and boob ass and, and woman ass, woman yeah. ass. You have, remember, do you ever see the family guy where it's like, check out this side boob. <laughs> do you like that side boob? Well, you shouldn't. Cause that's my side. boob. <laughs> And it's Peter, by the way. Yep. <laughs> and so, um, uh, Judith, at this point, she tries to escape uh, her fir- her first attempt at escaping, because um, JD uh, 
le- he leaves the keys, right? Is that what yes. happens? Yep. He leaves the keys and they they chase her around like, you know, what seems like half of the city. And she comes so close and uh, oh. Darren Darren actually sees her and crashes his car. And so they she ends up at the police station. Uh, you know, God's so close, but they trank her and bring her so, back. It's the smartest oh. thing Wayne does in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's the one time, the one time they succeed. And uh, at this scene, right after this, we meet uh, the the nuns. And I write in my note, my note here, the best nuns on screen since Sister Act. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. And <laughs> yeah, they're they're great. Just the, I like to think that they really, you know, and they always, they do that, you know, like they do everything in their habit. They like work out, you know, and Sister Act did the same thing too. And I, and I remember everyone commented, like I said, like nuns do not dress that way, like all the time. That's totally a Hollywood thing. Um, and so a Sandy has decided to you know, no longer, you know, give this relationship or give this relationship a try at this point, I should say. And so they go out to dinner, but, uh, uh, Darren starts mentioning Judith too much and Sandy's ready to leave. But then Wayne to try to get him to stay, puts on nipple clamps with an electric shock. And obviously we knew this was not going to end well, so um, Wayne gets... He's got really ta- great moves. Yeah, taken by the, the bouncer and punched in the same spot, of course, where the remote control is. And, you know, he does the, 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 you know, the, the electric, you know, like, yeah, the, he's moving around and then suddenly he starts on they're fire. They're dancing. Yep, they're out dancing and he gets on fire. And this is another... The song, I don't know the name of the song they're dancing to, but it's so early 2000s. Like, it was in a lot of, like, early 2000s commercials and trailers. Yep. You, rec- you recognize it. And so they, um, the bar catches on fire, not unlike the, the, the bar showdown scene in Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Stick a pin in that, too, for later on. And so then, um, uh, Ju- uh, at this point, Sandy is convinced, you know, you're, I can't do this. You know, I'm going back to the convent and Darren runs what 30 miles to get to her. It's like, wow, that's, I, I can't imagine in my shape, what would motivate me to run that far. I physically could not, I, I would, I would literally die. Um, and so Sandy decides, you know, yeah, I'll, you know, give you a chance. Let's do this. And then Judith, at this point tricks she she is totally mind fucking with jd oh yeah she has him uh reveal that he's gay he's come to that conclusion because he is he is gay we find out and um you know she seduces wayne at this point we learn about her past how her (laughs) her first husband was a kickboxer and uh you know he died fighting and she decided no more tough guys she wanted to push over and like I said, she seduces Wayne at this point and knocks him out and escapes. And I love how JD during the escape, he just hides under the sweatshirt. And it's just so good. And she just comes back <laughs> in and gives him like a boo, just... a boo. And he just leaves. <laughs> I know. And so then, um, she runs home and finds Sandy or, um, uh, finds, Darren and Sandy and Sandy's moved in. They're already, you know, kissing. She has her shirt off on the couch. Like, isn't and... this a week? 
Like that's yeah, a it's, little it's literally fast. been a week and. And you know how I am with, you know, dating someone after you're, you know, you're, I guess they weren't technically married yet, but close enough. And, um, yeah, it's yeah, little, as, like as Judah says, yeah, as Judah says, I've been gone a week and already you're screwing a nun. <laughs> and, yep. And so she immediately, you know, tries to, you know, get there and back and he falls for it. Essentially, she does fall for it. Mm. And Wayne and JD show up too late. And uh, we get more of an- another similarity to Loser is uh, Jason Biggs punches out uh, a character here, you know, the one that kind of manipulated him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, punches him really hard. And they both, him and JD both fall on Sandy's car. And I'm just, I literally wrote in my, my notes, poor Sandy in her car, LOL. You're screaming at that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Absolute <laughs> sheer nice terror. <laughs> I know. It's like, you poor honey, you've been through so much. And you so know, I just I think it's just her just fed up with everything. Yes. Like she's I, I trying to make too. an escape and then these guys just fall on her car. Like mm-hmm. yeah. what else? And, and meanwhile, meanwhile, their football coach has uh <laughs> uh been bailed out of jail or the, there was an appeal or something like that. I don't remember you know, the writing is not that great. In this movie, for a lot of it, and so was he as a mistrial. That's right, yeah. And so, because the judge was a football fan, yeah. and so he is, you know, going to stay with them, you know, with Judith, with um, not Judith, well, with Judith at the time, at the time was there, yeah, JD and Wayne, and so um, Wayne and JD are in jail at this point, and Darren goes to see them, just say, "I'm getting, you know, I'm." Judith and I are getting married. Just want to tell you that. And then we get another famous love, the JD quote here. Look into both of our eyes at the same time and say it. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, the, the football coach, which I I really should know the the coach's name, but I don't think it really matters that much. He coach. Yeah. Let's coach. Exactly. He crashes into their cell and, you know, he, of course, he knew the exact cell they were in and uh, loads with, a, with like a, a delivery truck, loads them in and like we have to go, you know, and get Sandy. Wasn't and, it a pest control truck? Oh, it was. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah. And so they, they go get her and she's about ready to take her finally vows to be a nun. And I love how they're like, you know, Sandra, so-and-so, do you vow to, you know, live a life of... Poverty, chastity, 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 right? Not chastity. Chastity is a, yeah. chastity's a name. Um, chastity and obedience. And it's just like, wow, that sounds like a blast. But, you know, again, hey, teach their own. It's, you know, it's mo- a thing. Yeah. Most of the nuns that I met have been wonderful people. Yep. So, yep. And so they crash it. And then and the, the, the nun is really understanding. And, you know, the nun, the, the head, the head nun, um, whatever they call head nuns, I don't remember. Uh, she, you know, she, you know, had spoken with Sandy before, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, I understand you're feeling this way. And, you know, she's like, just, you know, like, go, go, you know, go with your heart, child, you know? <laughs> and that was really sweet, I gotta say. But then we get, when they leave, damn, lost another one. <laughs> she slams the Bible. <laughs> Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I um I I knew someone who said that his 
someone at his um, Catholic high school was who was a priest. He, you know, left, you know, fell in love with a woman, left and then came back as a teacher at the school yep. and, you know, worked out fine. And so then they go and they kidnap, uh, they bring uh, a body in a bag into a truck and they open it up and it's Neil Diamond. Yep. <laughs> and it, and this is just, oh man, he, uh, and I hear now he looks back at this role more fondly and, you I know, he, so. yep. And so they, they, they arrive more people to him. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she, they arrive at Darren and, or yeah, Darren and Judas wedding and they're about to say their vows. And then, you know, uh, Sandy comes out, starts singing, you know, Neil is up on the balcony playing the guitar and singing and, you know, Darren realizes, you know, I'm sorry, I love Sandy, you know, so he goes over to her. And then at this point, Judith, you know, loses it and <laughs> she sees Wayne and she grabs it. She, you know, like running over, you know, believing you think they're going to kiss, but she grabs a chair and just decks him. Yep. And they, they fight each other. And then, you know, they each knock out a tooth, which the teeth knocked, knocked out was such a great touch. <laughs> and so... You know, there, but then they quickly start passionately making out. You know, they're meant for each other. And then we get, in my opinion, the one of the crowning moments of this movie where coach is, is it, the coach is carrying JD. Yep. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I'll never find anyone because I'm gay. And he's like, really? I'm, I'm gay too. <laughs> and can I just say bravo for Arlie Emery playing this role? Because he is yeah. not someone I would have expected to play, like to have that be a part of their character. No, Ar Arlie, Arlie Ermey just he he's just so amazingly self aware, and I I love yeah, I he, I love it. He he was great. He the R I P. He was great, and you know this movie. You know, I mean, I don't remember what I thought much about this. You know, being a closeted kid at the time, and you know then all all three of them get married, and you know they play off like, oh yeah, you know two men can get married in the state of Oregon. And it's like, what, you know, like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, for back then it wouldn't be legal for another 13 years and God, Oregon had an awful, it's for another show, another awful civil rights struggle with ballot measure nine in the nineties. There's a documentary on it. It's so yep. terrible, but um, yeah. And so, you know, then it ends with them like so many early two thousands films, they, you know, perform with the musical act that plays themselves Yep. It reminded me of um, uh, Rat Race with uh, Smash, Smash Mouth at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One group that I that I did see the year before at the same venue that Everclear played at, the same um, event, I should say. And yeah, that that's Saving Silverman. I I think it's a great movie. Uh, just really, just like a just bumbling, you know, movie. And it really, it like I said, talking about Loser beforehand, it has a lot more similarities to it. Than I than I thought it would. There's you know the 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 character and and you know Greg Kinnear's character literally says, she, uh, "They're my puppet. She's my puppet." And Judas says the same thing about Darren. Yep, mm -hmm. the same exact words. And you know they have just you know the just very early two thousands. Um, I would say my MVP is pro probably uh, my MVP is pr uh, 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 probably Coach Arlie Ermey. Yeah, Emery. Yeah. Yeah, he, you, he just nails everything he's in. Um, 
I got to do a little rewind here out of all of the quotes you did, Stefan. Um, I missed one. Well, you missed my favorite quote that I thought was the funniest thing. Um, So when Judith and Wayne are having their all-out rock'em sock'em brawl in the aisle, you know, Judith is screaming, you ruined my life! And uh, Wayne goes, ah, but I saved Darren's. And Judith goes, just because I lost Darren doesn't mean I'm crazy enough to hook up with you. And they're fighting through all of this. And Wayne goes, hey, why can't you just admit that when you kissed me, you liked it? And Judith goes, yeah, you're right. I have a weakness for incompetent morons. And then she punches him in the mouth, and one of his teeth falls out. And then Wayne does the same thing, and Judith spits out a tooth. And Wayne and Judith are choking each other. And Wayne goes, admit it! Ah, I'm the strong-willed, assertive man that you need, and you're the hardcore bitch I've always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. yeah so- I, I love it. And that, you know, that to me is, you know... Is a really good important point that why I pick Amanda Pete as my MVP is she really could have been a caricature because she's she is evil for a vast majority of this movie and then the movie mm-hmm. starts humanizing her and I really like that at the end of this even though Wayne and JD have committed many felonies and oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and yeah. almost killed her that there's this like understanding of you know, yeah, these are caricature characters, but they're human. And I really like that at the end of this movie, no one's um, talked down to and no one's like, no one's the bunt of a joke by the end of this. It's like even the thing with Arlie Ermey and Jack Black, you could take that as, oh, it's funny. They're gay. And instead of the movie's like, no, it's awesome. And they get married just yeah. like everybody else. Right. Like, this yeah, is great. Um, so that's why I pick her. And, and she's just fantastic in the role. Yeah. Too. Special, special, um, also another MVP of mine, uh, JD, just for his, you know, yep. memorable quotes. And he, yeah, Jack Black, this will be one of my favorite roles of his. I, don't I agree. Care, I, don't, I don't care if he wins an Oscar. It'll, I will always love him for this role. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember as a kid too, you know, nobody, nobody, you know, really, you know, laughed too hard. You know, the whole like two men getting married, at least not, not among the friends I ever watched it with. Me too. Which it was just nice. Seemed, it was it just, just like, seemed, oh yeah. Okay. It seemed like movies at the time seemed to think that people thought that was funny. You know? Mm-hmm. That... Yeah. Chris, we really must be on the same wavelength because I was going to say Amanda Pete as well. Um, I think she is a fantastic actress, I think, or actor. Um, I think she... Uh, I don't know what she's up to right now, but I think she could be doing a lot more. I have mm-hmm. loved her in a lot of things, and she really carried this role amazingly. Like, yes, she she did so fantastic. Um, it it really reminds me of her character in the whole Nine Yards. Um, but yep, more mm, more established. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I I love her. I think she's great. You know, she did a really great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed completely. And great minds do think alike. Um, 
So, Stefan, what did the critics think of this one? Yeah, so the critical score is only 19%, oh. but the, uh, the audience score is, and this maybe isn't whopping, but it's a dis- big discrepancy, 51%. And I feel like both of those should be higher. Uh, even, yes. even in the career of Dennis Dugan, who you know made Happy Gilmore, right? If, if I'm not right. mistaken. Yeah. Um, this is still up there with like, you know, the guy, you know, he did happy Gilmore. What, um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. He's done a lot of like the, the, the big Adam Sandler movies. I think he did big mm-hmm. daddy. Don't mess with the Zohan, you know, and, and this, this one is definitely yeah. up there. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's hysterical. And, you know, I think that's a testament that it, it has definitely aged, you know, pretty well, I'd say. Absolutely. And, you know, so we know how we feel, I think, right? You know, the, the critics, I'm really surprised the critics like this one less than Loser. That's yeah. really strange. Um, I think we're all on Saving Silverman on this. Um, I was very annoyed <laughs> with uh, Saving Silverman, and I'm not a big Neil Diamond fan. Yeah, understood. Um, I, okay. I was happy to see Kyle Gass. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm not the biggest Jack Black fan when he's being obnoxious like this. Sure. And I know people mm-hmm. are going to hate me for it, and I'm sorry. This no, that's is my okay. personal opinion. No, that's um, good. But uh, I, I went with Loser. Oh, I, good. I, no. I like the story a little better. No, no worries. I, I, sorry for the bad assumption. Um, so no, it's then- all good. So that's one. That's Jess for loser and us too. So how did the uh, the social media poll go, Jess? So for Twitter, uh, we post a poll every Monday of the next uh, set of movies we're recording, and that gives you kind of a uh, jump start on you know what to watch and what to listen for. Um, but this week. Um, we did, we got a whopping 84.6% for Saving Silverman, and we got 15.4% for Loser. I.e. probably your vote. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think there <laughs> yes, might have been, like, I did vote. there was a lot of votes on this one. I, yeah, there I know. Were. Yeah. There were 13 Great. votes. Great. Cool. Yeah. Keep it up, fans. We love it. Thank you. Yes, yeah, well, we- we like to hear what movie you like better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it helps, it helps add to our discussion. Cause if it's just the three of us, you know, especially if all three of us go the same way, it's kind of boring, you know, we, we yeah. need to have yeah. that. So then, um, but anyway, <laughs> Jess, uh, with that, tell people where they can find our show and how they can support us. So you can find us on Facebook at Fighting Films Pod, and you can find us on Twitter at Fighting Films Podcast. And you can message us or email us at fightingfilmspod at gmail.com. Um, and then we are on Patreon if you feel like supporting us and showing us some love. Uh, we do have the $1 a month which uh, category, which gets you a sneak peek into new shows and content. Um, we post on Patreon or try to every Tuesday. Um, you know, sometimes life happens, but we do our best. And uh, usually that, well, sometimes that comes with, you know, maybe some bloopers or outtakes or just us, you know, chatting about random stuff or even singing, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's it's always kind of a surprise grab bag of what you're going to get with the episode. But what you will not get is ads. You will never get ads if you sign up for Patreon. Uh, our next tier is $5 per month. So you get the content. You get... Um, you get uh, Patreon-only access to behind-the-scenes content, which is, like, say, uh, we do a live show or something like that, or we start, you know, video recording our shows. Um, that's kind of what you would get. But you would also get a shout-out and say hello and we love you. Hmm. It'll and sound just like that, too. It will. We love you. Love, love, love you, darling. <laughs> and then if you really love us, we've got our $10 per month, which you get the uh, behind-the-scenes content, the sneak peeks into new shows. Uh, you get the shout-outs. Thank you, Karen and Brandt. But we yeah. also give you an episode theme choice. You give us your theme, we pick the movies, and we talk about it. So uh, we do have two Patreons um, that we love very much and who are uh, consistent supporters. Again, Karen and Brandt, we love you so much. Love, love, love you. <laughs> And thank you so much for supporting us. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. I'm Stefan. Uh, I'm Jess. And I'm Chris. Until next time, let's keep those films fighting. And Bye. don't pay $50 for a DVD on Amazon. Bye. Yeah, don't do Bye. it. <laughs> nope.